Hi. Hey, how you doing, Matt? Good, how are you doing? Welcome to Footy and Coffee Conversations. Although this time our guest will not be partaking in the coffee route, she decided to go the tea route instead. So good. We will forgive her for that. Um, two fun facts that I know about tea is number one, all of like black tea, green tea, white tea, all comes from the same plant. It's really? just, yeah, it's just how it's uh, created or whatever, however the tea works. I'm not an expert with that, I just know that. And then the most expensive tea is this Chinese tea mm -hmm. that costs $1,500 a pound. What? But apparently you can do like seven times with the same tea before what? it loses its flavor, so. I still don't think it's worth it, but you know, if you're <laughs> if you're a tea connoisseur, maybe. Exactly. What kind of tea today are you partaking in? I'm doing um, black tea with vanilla. Okay, fancy. It's so good. No sugar. Um, I'd use a little bit of stevia. Okay. Okay. And and if I'm really feeling crazy, then I'll throw in some honey because it's so good. Yeah, I've gotten with, with tea drinking, I've gotten it down to where I just put a little milk in it and I don't mm. need sugar. Wow. But I, still, but I still think two sugar cubes is the ultimate way to go with it. I think, I mean, that you know, that's how the English do it. Makes sense. Exactly. They, they, they know what they're doing with the, with the tea. They've perfected it. All right, so to get started, just uh, say your name, where you're playing now, what position you are, and then we'll get into talking about your exciting career. Sweet. Yeah, my name is Crystal Thomas. I play for the Washington Spirit in the NWSL, and I'm a forward or attacker. I can play forward or midfield. Do you ever play on the wing? Yes. Okay. Do you like that as much as playing as a striker? Um, I do like them both. I just think they have different um, pros and cons. I love being able to get the ball from wide and then go inside. But if I'm playing striker, then I get the ball closer to the goal, so... Yeah, yeah. The wing, you get a lot more freedom with just what you do with it, but exactly, you don't get as easy of maybe opportunities to score as the the striker position. So, okay. all right. So, uh, just to start, kind of talk through your youth career, uh, where you grew up, what club you were playing for, um, and just the process of how you decided what college you wanted to go to. Okay, so I grew up in Chicago, in the Chicago suburbs played with Eclipse Select and then for Soccer's FC. Had a bunch of really good coaches and great teammates, actually multiple teammates that are still playing at the professional level. I mean, the developmental programs at both of those clubs are really good. So that was fantastic. And then in high school, started getting recruited to different colleges and Notre Dame was my dream school. They had a great soccer team, great school, great program. So ended up getting to uh, go ahead and commit to there and played for them for two years, loved it. And then our coach left and I actually transferred to Georgetown University where I played um, for the last two years, but I was there three years because I redshirted one year in the middle and had an awesome time there. So it was really good. So when you when you were growing up playing youth soccer, was uh, what was the goal at that point? Was it college? Was it to play professionally? What was your dream, you know, 15, 16 years old? Yeah, so I wanted to be on the national team and I wanted to play professionally. Those were my two goals basically since I started playing in like third or fourth grade. 
Okay. How now when you switched from Notre Dame, obviously your coach left. Uh, yeah. but was it a hard decision to to leave two years in? Because at that point you've had a lot of friends, you've, you know, created a, a life at Notre Dame. Yeah, you kind of you're a little bit more established, you know people, you're super close, you know, with the team and everything. So for me it was like really tough decision. But I think ended up um, being a good decision for me and I and I think for them as well I uh, ended up going to Georgetown and just I got new experiences with the coach there he taught me a lot of things and he had kind of a different um, mentality and developmental approach and that I think that really helped me going on and going to play in the pros and ended up helping Georgetown to our first ever um, college cup final four appearance oh, wow. um, my fifth year, which was pretty awesome. Yeah, we won the Big East for the first time in program history, and then we went on to the College Cup, which was pretty sweet. And you, the the mascot is a Hoyas? Yeah, so we're the Hoyas. What, what exactly is a Hoya? You know, there's not really a clear answer on that, but I think it's anyone involved with the university is a Hoya. And my kind of new answer is it's someone that you want to work for your organization. Okay. Okay. That's that's a fair a fair assessment of it. <laughs> yeah. It's kind I, of the running joke. Nobody really knows what it is. I hope that you have that on your C V so when a coach is looking at your C V you put somebody that want that you want to hire for your organization. Yes, you think that will be taken well or <laughs> only one way to find out. Yes. Um so obviously you had a lot of success in college, um, had a lot of success your fifth year at uh, Georgetown. So at that point, kind of just talk through the the goal then of playing professional, um, what you were thinking in your mind at that time. Yeah. So for me, I knew I wanted to play professionally and it was my fifth year. So I had started my master's and I knew I was able to switch to the online program and kind of go wherever I needed to go in order to pursue my passion in soccer. And I ended up deciding that it'd be best for me to go overseas for a couple of years and gain experience and exposure, um, learn from the coaches there in the league and my teammates, and then try to come back. So I ended up going overseas for two years and then coming back to play in the NWSL. Yeah, so your first, your first year overseas, you were uh, in Norway, correct? Yes. And uh, what, was, what was the experience? Because uh, obviously a lot, of, a lot of players that have played overseas kind of know how you know the ups and downs of, of going overseas but just kind of the maybe the first week when you get there what's your experience at that point well the language barrier definitely kind of hits you like oh my goodness and also you realize that a lot of these players are more established there and they have friends and family and they know the team really well whereas you're coming in as this kind of outsider so it's not like your college team where you have like a whole other class of players that's also new with you. So I think that is a challenge. I think in the American collegiate system, we have, there's a ton of resources and you don't really realize how well you're taken care of and provided for with, you know, meals and planes and hotels and stuff like that for traveling to games. So for some of these teams, that's a little bit more of a financial strain especially depending on what city you're in. So I think that was a little bit of an eye-opener and kind of makes you be a little bit more thankful. But also you're kind of like, oh my gosh, we're going to bus to this game that's six hours away? <laughs> um, but it's just normal for them. Uh, 
so I think that was that was a challenge. But thankfully, I mean, I started to get to know the team. I had two other Americans and an Australian on my team as well. So I lived with them and we had a great time. It was pretty fun just bonding with them as well. Yeah, I no, I think that's uh, such an interesting thing. The the college players that go overseas, I think they're like, oh, it's, I'm going professional. So now the facilities, everything will be a step up from uh, university, but you don't, you don't realize how good you had it in university and yeah. you know how, how good the facilities are and the meals and everything until you're out maybe in, in another country playing. And it's like, wait, hold up. We don't get yeah. that anymore. Yeah, wait, where's the free meals? Uh, <laughs> where's the, the money for food at the airport? No, we don't do that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so you, you go to Norway. Um, how did that year go for you personally? It was good. Um, actually, I remember kind of segue just you reminded me of uh interesting things that happened so my dad had promised that he was going to come see at least one game in norway and i remembered that very distinctly and i think i had two weeks left and i was talking to my dad on speakerphone and my my mom could hear as well and i jokingly but we had like some some family stuff and like health issues with other family members and just like wasn't going to happen that year and i was okay with it but jokingly i was like yeah dad like you promised to come and you're not going to make it like he didn't make any games and uh and my mom heard <laughs> and so and so she's like mike did you did you promise that you were gonna go you know <laughs> and, and he came to all of my like games growing up drove me to practice all that stuff um and he was like oh, i don't really remember that but um and then we like all laughed about it like there's only two weeks left there's no way you could make it uh it's, it, you know it's expensive and everything and uh, it was like the day before our last home game, um, we heard this like pounding on our door. And we were all like kind of freaked out. Nobody ever comes to our door. <laughs> so I'm like, I like, all right guys, I'll get it. So I like go down the stairs to the door. I like open it and like my dad's there. I'm just like, dad, hi. He's like, I thought you'd be more excited. I like, I'm just really confused. How did you get how did you know what my address was like he had sent me a package once so that's how we got it um so that was awesome and he came to our game the next day and it was like raining and we like really needed this game and uh across i was like running in the box the cross came in and i like had a diving header goal in the rain it was like my dad's here like it was this pretty cool moment um but uh so yeah that was like the end of the season and uh yeah that same week there was this mountain I really wanted to take him to. And I was like, dad, like we have to go to this mountain. It's awesome. Like I went before it was super cold and there wasn't any snow and you can see like the ocean and like then like a bunch of other mountains kind of surrounding you. So basically a, a cool fjord. And he was like, all right, we'll go. And we brought one of my teammates, but it had started snowing on the way there. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it basically turned into like a full on blizzard. And we didn't have like, <laughs> snow boots we didn't have gear we didn't have anything i was wearing my running shoes oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> and i was like dad we have to do it we saw like two other people on the mountain and they were coming down as we got there and they were like what are you guys doing we're like we're american like we uh, know better yeah yeah we'll be fine they're like stupid americans um <laughs> so yeah thankfully we did make it to the top and it was very treacherous. I was like walking in my dad's steps, you know, like there, like sometimes the snow would be like up to my hips because it would be like pushed over, you know, yeah. most of the time it was like a little below my knees. So I was fine. But 
uh, yeah, we made it to the top. The clouds like cleared for a minute. We like looked out, stopped snowing. And then we like saw a second wave coming in. We were like, book it down the mountain. Let's go, we need to get down. <laughs> so that oh, was, wow. that's Norway in a nutshell. Yeah, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know, the, the, the Nordic countries and their snow is so unpredictable at times, it seems. Seriously. I mean, we had like days where it's sunny out and then it always seemed right before training starts is when like either the rain or the snow always Yes, does. always. Sunny all day until training and then, oh, yep. joke's on you. Mm -hmm. And then maybe like right towards the end of training, like the sun would come back out and you're like. Okay, <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> um, so then you, you have your first year in Norway, obviously success. Um, what then are you thinking at that point in the off season? What are kind of your goals looking forward after that first year professional season under your belt? Yeah, so at that point, I was trying to decide what the next step would be, what a good stepping stone, kind of wanted to, to move up a little bit and continue to improve. I think that season I trained with Bridges in the winter mm -hmm. um, in between seasons and then ended up committing to go play in Iceland. Okay. And uh, how, how did you get connected with Iceland? So my agent uh, was just in contact with one of the coaches there, had sent them my video and my CV, and they wanted to pull me in. So I got to play for one of the, the top teams in Reykjavik, which was pretty sweet. Yeah, what was the, uh, the biggest difference between playing in Norway and playing in Iceland? Um, the playing styles are actually pretty similar. I would say it was crazy that there was so many big clubs really close to each other. Like in Reykjavik, there was four or five teams in the capital. There was like four or five wow. major teams. Yeah. And then the other four or five teams were just scattered throughout the country. But the farthest drive was maybe six hours. You get like halfway around kind of. And that was, it was just crazy how close it would be like, oh, one time a girl went to the wrong field. She thought we had an away game, but it was a home game, which was, you know, slightly embarrassing for her. But there was everybody was kind of panicked in the locker room. They're like, oh my gosh, like she went to their home field. It's on the other side of town. And I'm like from Chicago, like from the suburbs. So I'm like, oh no, like, is she going to make it before the game starts? Like, is she going to miss the game? I was like, how far away is it? And they're like, 15 minutes. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, she's, she'll make it before warm-up starts. Like, it's not even... <laughs> not even a big deal. Yeah, I was like, it's going to be fine, guys. They were like, hmm, yeah, it's true. Hmm. So... <laughs> So um, if you, between the two countries, obviously living in them, which, which one outside of soccer, just lifestyle wise, which one would you choose? Because when I think of Iceland, I always think of like rainy, windy, cold, maybe 40 degrees, uh, not much sunlight. And that's about, and a lot of rocks. You're right. You're, you're so right. But I say I, it'd be a hard choice. I mean, I really loved the people from both. I like got involved in the local communities and made good friends. But Iceland was so beautiful and so unique. Like you could go to check out like uh, like the black sand beach and a volcano, or you could go check out the glaciers, the hot springs at the top of the mountains, so many waterfalls. Like I just... I thought that was really cool, but then Norway was really similar with the waterfalls and the mountains, so I it's a toss up. Did but you Norway, go to the the Blue Lagoon? At some I didn't. Point? I didn't go to the Blue Lagoon. Oh I, no! I know. I drove past it, but I decided there's actually a bunch of um, like free 
uh, hot springs that you can go to that the locals wow. will take you to that are like arguably better. So I went to uh, some of the other ones. The non-tourist traps? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then you, you finish your second season, uh, it's in Iceland. Mm -hmm. um, at that point, how does the, the door open up for you back in the US? Yeah, so thankfully my team and I did well that season and I had some good statistics. So I came back, I was training again with Bridges FC in Chicago, just staying fit and waiting to hear from my agent. He was in contact with a couple of different NWSL teams and we we heard from Richie at the Spirit that, that they were interested and they wanted to bring me in for a tryout. Uh, I knew that, that he had kind of come in and transformed the team and the program and that the staff was just determined to succeed and they were gonna do everything they could to help us succeed. And they, we had um, some of the previous ownership um, with Bill and then Steve as well. Uh, probably don't know these guys, but they're just like really important and crucial to like how everything runs. And I came in for the tryout, decided to go with them and got signed right away. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, what was the biggest difference, obviously, from playing in, in Iceland and Norway to them being back in, you know, arguably the biggest then women's league in the world? And obviously, you know, much bigger city that you're playing in, much bigger fans, bigger yeah. name players that you're playing with. What's that experience like? It's awesome. It's, it's everything that you would want in a professional team and in an environment. You're playing against what I think is like the best competition in the world. You're playing against U.S. national team with and against the US national team players, you're gonna be in front of the national team coaches. You have an opportunity to be scouted yourself. I mean, that's that's ultimately the goal. And also you're playing with players from all over the world as well. So I feel like in some specific countries, you're kind of just with people from that area. Whereas in the States, I'm playing against Australians. Um, we've, got, um, we've got Africans, we have people from Europe. It's just, it's all over the place. So I think that's been really cool and getting to meet people from everywhere and kind of form bonds with them. Yeah. Yeah. You, you get a little taste of all these different cultures just on your team. Exactly. Um, now you had some, some youth national team experience. You mm -hmm. did well, you've gotten, uh, was it U twenties and U 23s you've played? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what, what's that like? Cause obviously that's like, uh, that's the the dream is obviously to play professionally but i think the the greatest achievement ever is is national team call-ups no matter if it's youth or senior so what what kind of experience was that like to get those call-ups it was really cool and just kind of a a dream come true i think like you said getting to represent your country and you know where the jersey put on the badge is just one of the coolest things and then to yeah to get to use your skills on the highest level so I really enjoyed it, especially at the U23s. I was with the U23s a couple of times at different ages. And uh, when I was 23, I was with them. So I was playing against some some of the women that I played against all growing up, which was pretty sweet. And now I'm still playing against them in the league. So I think for me, it was also just helpful. Like, okay, I can do this. I'm I'm at the level. I just need to keep fighting, keep improving and learning and this can be a reality. Yeah, no, that, that's, uh, that's an amazing experience, I'm sure, to, to get very jealous of that. Um, what, what's kind of been your, 
your biggest thing you think you've uh, changed or grown in your game uh, from when you first graduated from college to then being able to come back and play in the U.S.? That is a great question. I think probably two things. One would be the speed of play. I just think it's a lot faster than you realize when you're watching on TV or even at the field. But two, probably my decision making. And that's where I'm very thankful for the coaches that I've had in college and since then. I mean, Dave Nolan with Georgetown was constantly hammering in, like, make sure you're scanning the field, make sure you're making the right decision in the right place at the right time. And that's hugely important to Richie and Tom and Ian on the Washington Spirit as well. So I think decision-making is huge because there's a limited amount of opportunities at the professional level to score goals, to keep the ball. If you give the ball away, it can be even more dangerous. So I think that's been the biggest difference. And I bet you could speak to that as well, playing professionally yourself and coaching professionally. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think, uh, actually, I was just saying in another interview that the the skills 90 percent of them every player on the field can do that's not really what separates it i think it's the the mental side of, of yeah. the thinking faster of the understanding of the game where to put yourself into positions for success at a quicker speed and that gives out that, that one second opportunity for you as a striker to maybe turn and have a shot rather than the defender stuffing the shot so exactly but, but unfortunately, that kind of takes time and it takes making the mistake and losing the ball and then learning what could you have done differently to, yes. to not have that happen again. Yes, exactly. Like as, a, as a fourth year pro or wherever I'm at, you, you, you start to learn it at this point. But as a rookie, you're, you don't really understand. Yeah. Um, so then <clears throat> you're, you're playing at Washington. Um, you left. You left the U.S. playing back in, was that 2016 then? 2017, yeah. 2017, sorry, bad with years. Um, 2017, what, in between that time, there's obviously been a lot of growth um, with women's soccer as a whole. What, what do you think the biggest change has been, you know, specifically to maybe the NWSL? I think that they are partnering with the correct people now and getting sponsorships at the highest level that's going to help continue to grow the league, grow the sport for, you know, girls and boys across the country. And I think that that will be huge even in five or six years. I know Steve, one of our owners, uh, has worked with uh, the, end of the leadership of the NWSL and they're doing a great job. They've gotten partnerships with Budweiser and Geico. And I think those kind of deals are going to help continue to promote the league and help, uh, raise um, the standards, the even like the playing level, getting more fans. It's been so cool. Since the World Cup last year, the number of fans has increased as well. Yeah. Uh, and it's been awesome. Just, I mean, I think at our Audi Field game last year, we had 19,000 fans. Oh, wow. It was really cool. And every time we play in Portland, we've got like 20,000 fans. So it's really fun. Yeah, no, I, I think it's so cool to see, uh, especially after the World Cup, how many of the stadiums were just packed with fans. Yeah. I think it's it's great for the league as a whole, and it's great for, uh, I think, just the, the U.S. women, you know, girls coming up. Now they have uh, a bigger dream kind of, of of what professional soccer looks like because maybe when you were growing up, you know, the, the leagues were kind of in and out every couple yeah. of years, and there wasn't so much just like – continued growth in one league so i think it's a exciting time for women's soccer especially yeah 
So you uh, you usually mentioned in the off seasons you trained with Bridges in Chicago. Yeah. Um, this off this past off season you decided to go a different route. Mm -hmm. uh, kind of what what did you decide to do and why was that the choice you decided to make? Yeah. So I decided to go play in Australia in the W League there because I have a lot of friends and teammates that have that have done it as well, and it's just a great way to stay fit and continue getting games and you know, off into your season ready. And so I decided to do that this year. Also, I thought it'd be a great experience playing in a new league with new players, learning, learning again from that. I think learning is probably one of the biggest differentiators from players that continue to play and players that stop um, because you have to keep improving. So yeah, I decided to go over there. I played for Perth Glory. Um, had a good time, played uh, a bunch of games, scored some goals, got some assists, uh, and just, I think, continued to hone in on my technical skills and my awareness, hopefully, so that I can go into this season ready to roll when we do start. Yeah, no, I think uh, I agree with that, that comment of playing in different leagues and playing with different coaches and everything is only going to help you as a player, whether or not you maybe agree with everything that coach is asking you. It forces you to at least look and consider it from a different way. And I think the more a lot of players uh, when they're younger, I'll say, don't don't really maybe think about why the coach is doing something. Mm -hmm. They just kind of do the tactics and they don't think so much about it. But when you have multiple different coaches, it, it starts making you think maybe what's the purpose behind this coach doing this with me as a striker, this coach asking me to do this. And you start to, to understand and think things through more yourself. Exactly, you start to break the game down a little bit. Now, I had a, an Aussie uh, player last year. Okay. And, and he, he had some very interesting just word choices, uh, different than, than what we use in American English. Mm -hmm. I think that the, the one that always got me was like, instead of like, how, how you doing? Yeah. yeah, how you going? How you going? How you going, and, mate? And that, that always was like, <laughs> even though I knew it was coming, it was always like, yeah. maybe jump a second because it's such like, a, you know, more abrasive than how's it going. Yeah, it's just, I don't know what it was, but it always caught me off guard. I'd just be like, no, I'm not going anywhere. I just got here. I don't know. I just, <laughs> it always threw me off. And then they would always, I would say, yeah, how was your day? Or I would try to start using the lingo. So I'd be like, yeah, how you going? And they'd be like, nah. Yeah, I'm doing good. And they they would always just be like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm like, or nah, yeah, I'm doing good. I'm like, you just said no, yes. <laughs> yeah, it was it was uh, it was a learning experience of the the jumpers and the trackies and mm -hmm. you know all of that. Yep, and we're gonna go get a brekkie. You wanna come? Like, uh -huh. and Maccas. Yeah, we're gonna go to Maccas. <laughs> yeah, thankfully we weren't going to McDonald's, but. Uh, yeah. The the one that got me the most that was confusing was uh, I was I, we were having a meal and he said oh can I pick something up and I told him uh, can you pick up some bell peppers because we we're gonna <laughs> go out and grill and he's like what are those and I was like um, oh, yeah so I sent him a I sent him a photo of it and he's like oh you mean you mean capsicums and I was like <laughs> I hate that I hate that you call it a capsicum call it yeah. a bell pepper. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> um, so, so you've had different experiences playing. You've had different experiences in the off season. 
Um, what do you think now, entering your fourth year professionally, how do you yourself continue to grow? What's the, the best way that you've learned to grow? That can be, um, you know, as the, the physical aspect of soccer, the mental side, whatever you think is the biggest thing. I actually think it comes down to what you said before, the mental side of things, preparing your mind for a game, having the right mindset, like mental toughness, knowing what you're capable of. I've been working on visualization and just having a lot of self-belief and then being willing to like take risks and, and make it happen. So whether you're going to do that through reading books on mental toughness, like actually this is the book I keep right here. I didn't plan this, but it's um, it's called Focus for Soccer. Um, it's by Bill Vesquick. Uh, good book. I'm only halfway through, but it's just about mental toughness, honestly, the mental side of the game. So I think for me, that's going to be a big part of this season. And I think, as you said, it's just huge for every professional player. It's probably half the battle. Uh, talk a little bit about the visual visualization. What is that? What does that mean? How do you incorporate that into your your growth? I think a lot of players get a little bit overwhelmed because you're like, oh my gosh, I have to visualize all this stuff. I can't, I can't sit there for an hour and just like think about soccer or picture myself. I would just say start with five minutes and like cut yourself off after five minutes. Start with five minutes, visualize. And then I think the other big thing that I've been reading a lot is uh, think about all the distractions that you're going to have when you're in the game or leading into the game. So you know, picture that person that's screaming super loudly that you can hear somehow magically above the rest. And then picture yourself being able to filter them out, being able to uh, know that they're there, but not let it impact what you're doing. Now, I, I hope real quick, I hope that my players don't take that to heart because that might be blocking out my voice. <laughs> it's fair. But sometimes, I mean, you, you always want to listen to your coach, but you're the one that's on the field. So you have to make the decision and mm -hmm. be okay with it. Absolutely. So, yeah, so I think that, uh, yeah, so, you know, smelling the grass, hearing the ref blow the whistle, seeing, seeing the ball come in and you're adjusting your body to hit the shot, feeling yourself hit the shot, and then celebrating with your teammates. All right, you did it. Okay, be done for the day. You don't have to, like, sit there for three hours. I think it's just a little bit at a time. It's kind of key. Yeah. Um, when, I, when I was playing, something, too, that I would always do that I found helped was Obviously, you visualize the, the bigger moments of success, but um, I would always make it a point to visualize, like, the first center back, the simple receiving of the ball, and then, mm -hmm. like, finding the quick, good, good, clean first touch, good, clean pass with the second touch, because sometimes you're, like, visualizing, oh, I'm going to make a goal lighting, you know, save or whatever, and yeah. maybe that doesn't even happen in a game, but it's, like, the simple things if you can be sharp at during a game and have like the most confidence in is, is usually the biggest difference maker of success in a game. That's a great point. Um, all right, let's see. We got some questions. Okay. One that we've been asking everyone, the bridges players is pick your five aside team. So we've been saying you can't, you can put yourself as a sub. Okay. And no MLS players. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I saw that you asked a few other people this, so I, I was ready. You were ready for it. <laughs> I would say definitely Eric Leonard. Lenny again. Jeez. Yeah, you got to have him. He just brings the intensity, you know. He's a good defender. You got to have that. I know I'm always thinking about attacking, but I know that I need those people behind me. Um, Tristan. 
again, he can do both. He can defend. Uh, and he knows how to make those, like, last-second sliding saves. Or not sliding, because we're indoors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say um, Tosh, for sure. Uh, I love working with him to score goals. And um, probably Bay uh, in the midfield. Okay. And uh, I think my other one was Woj. I mean, and, yeah, you got to have him. You can, then, you, you can play any ball up there and he'll make it look like a good pass. Exactly. You're like, yeah, I planned that. I planned that uh, off the wall into his chest and then he drops it down for me so I can shoot. That's what I, I was thinking of that. I've, I've never seen a man that big be so graceful. Yes. It's incredible. I don't know how he's really good technically. Like, yeah, it shouldn't work, but it does. Yeah, it's like him and him and Zlatan are the only two players that that big that are actually like able to move and be that technical. Yes, and so. grateful. And then uh, I'll put Jeff in goal just because he's good. I mean, yeah, he's he's solid back there. Yeah, I I'm really curious. I kind of want to you know get these bridges teams together next off season and play yes. a tournament with each team as they are and see see how well you guys did at choosing your team. It'd be sweet. We'll, we'll we'll talk to Brett and see if we can can get that going. Wait, are you are you eligible to be one of the picked? Uh, yeah, but I I don't think you want to pick me now. If we actually have to play, we'll have uh we'll have you um coming in as a super sub. I do well with that. Like, just let me come in, make one tackle, give the ball back, and get off the field. Perfect. I I think I went like two years without ever having to cross half field in there, so it was wonderful. <laughs> No, I was always like, oh, I'll I'll stay back and defend. Don't worry, guys. Don't worry, guys. I got it. I that's why I liked having you on my team because then I I'd be like, all right, he's got it. I don't have to like track back for the person that's never that one person that isn't tracking. So I'll just go up there and score. Oh, some goals. the worst part when someone was like, oh, can you get forward? Get forward. I'll stay back. And I was like, no, absolutely not. Like, you don't you don't want me shooting. It's going into the net above. See, this is why we should be on the same team. I'll that would be, yeah, there you go. We both, we both like doing what the other one does it. Yes. Uh, here's a fun one. What's your favorite food? Oh, yeah. Uh, favorite food. Going to have to say pizza, definitely. What kind? Chicago, Chicago style with deep pepperoni. Dish? Yeah, deep dish pizza. Now, what? which one of the Chicago restaurants is your go-to for? Good question. I think Giordano's is pretty awesome Ooh. yeah i know controversial kind of, answer i know it's a contentious answer but it's just i think it's because i grew up with that one but i know that luminati's is really good too i think i think i'd have to go with luminati's it's, yeah it's the best but it is really good i'm biased um all right what what's uh if you could go back to you know 14 15 year old you What's the mm. biggest piece of advice you would give to someone that age that has goals of playing college or professional? Okay. I would say enjoy it because it goes by quickly. Uh, I guess I'm going to have three things. Enjoy it. Uh, use every opportunity and um, like connection that you build for num number two. And number three, I would say always bet on yourself always believe that you're going to do what you want and complete the goals that you want to uh, achieve because ultimately it's your decision. 
Those are great, great advice for the younger players. Uh, we just had a question written in. Uh, were you able to do much tour stuff in Australia? Because obviously you're in Perth, so that's on the, the far west side, correct? Yeah. So you're kind yeah. of by yourself out there. Um, we, we were. <laughs> we did actually, though. There was some there were some amazing beaches in uh, southwestern Australia. It was it was so cool. If you go, if you ever get a chance to go to Margaret River in Australia, definitely do it. I would say that was one of the coolest things. I also got to tour around uh, Melbourne a bit with my mom. She came out to a game, and uh, good old Melbs. Yeah, yeah. It was it was so fun. It's great city, and the weather was beautiful. So definitely take a trip any chance you get. Okay. All right. That's that's good. So you, if you if you could go back to one of the three countries outside of the U.S. you've played, would it be Australia or? Oh, that is so tough. See, I'm a warm weather person, but I mean, the sights in Norway and Iceland were so amazing, but I would probably go to Australia just because the beaches were so beautiful and I went snorkeling for the first time, okay. like in a warm place. And I was just like, this is a whole new, there's a whole new world under there. I mean, it was awesome. Yeah, no, I understand the warm weather. It's something that uh, can't be discounted. Yeah. Um, what was it like? the the first year when you were in norway when summer hit and the sun didn't set what's that like when it doesn't get dark it was so cool but it's really surreal like honestly we would be walking around the house at like 11 p.m and and somebody would actually say oh hey guys like should we eat dinner and one another person would be like we already had dinner like five hours ago like oh my gosh i just forgot because it's it feels like the sun is just like around 6 p.m right now like, and it would, it would be up until 4 a.m. I've decided that the Norwegians don't sleep in the summer. They just like, you'd hear people outside at like 4 a.m. doing whatever. And then in the winter, they probably just hibernate. Yeah, it's kind of, I think it's like, uh, like how a bear kind of operates. Yeah. Because in the, in the summertime, I feel so much more energy over here because it just doesn't yeah. get dark. Yeah. But I had that same experience my first year playing over here. Um, my roommate was playing video games and I was just kind of chilling on the couch watching him. And he's like, oh, are you hungry? And I was like, eh, not really. Like, sun's up. It looked like it was like five. So I was like, we'll eat a little bit. Yeah. He keeps playing. And then he's like, I'm getting kind of hungry. And I was like, yeah, me too. And uh, we look at the, the clock and it was almost midnight. Oh, see? We're like, all right, midnight <laughs> dinner it is. Because you just, you have no idea when you wake up, if it's yeah. three in the afternoon, three in yes. the morning. It's really confusing, but amazing because you just feel have so much energy, and then you finally go to sleep, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, I was really tired. I just didn't know." Yeah, I remember during our like summer break, we were like out on the field playing for fun at like one, two in the morning. Yeah, like, it's just uh, a surreal experience that you don't get in the U.S. So I enjoyed that. Really cool. But I'm also thankful that. Uh, that I don't have to experience all of the winter. Like I come back when the days are already starting to get longer. Exactly. Cause once it started to get dark fast, I mean, it would be dark at like 4 PM and we would have a hard time like with training and stuff and getting a training in. It was rough. Yeah. I'll take the summers there and the winters in Florida for me is a okay. Are you in Sweden right now? Or are you in Florida? In Finland, in Finland. I'm sorry, Finland. Yeah, Finland. So I'm over there, but we're not training or anything. So just kind of stuck in my apartment waiting to see what happens with the season, hoping yeah. hoping that we can get it going. They say right now, end of May is when they're looking at. But, I mean, this 
it, it all just depends on what happens in the next couple of weeks, you know? Yeah. So another question, how many kilometers do you run in a week? Now I guess you probably don't even have that track so much because a lot of it's training on the field. Yeah, that's a good question. I know that our strength conditioning coach has that information because we wear the little GPS units, mm -hmm. but I'm not totally sure. I think in practice it would be anywhere from four to eight kilometers, and then games was maybe around nine kilometers. I think yeah, that's right. and I mean it's going to no twelve. Sorry, 12, I'm sitting 12, twelve kilometers in my games in Australia. And it's going to change so much um, in training sessions because some training sessions you might be exhausted, but you're not doing so much because it's high high sprint yeah. work or something. So exactly, um, it's hard to hard to judge exactly. Mm -hmm. um, all right, what's your favorite goal you have scored? Oh, Matt. Um, or one of them because I know. Okay. You're in. No, I just it's hard because you scored so many. It's hard to remember which one was the favorite. <laughs> I would say. My, I don't know what my favorite is. I would say of last year's goals, my favorite was when we were at Audi Field. It was our first game of the season at Audi Field. It was our opener. And I got to score the opening goal. And it was just so loud. It was so cool. Like, we had been working so hard for a really long time. And, you know, it was it was like the eighth minute or something and the goalkeeper took a touch and didn't realize that I was like close enough to close her down and all of her my teammates were in really good defensive positions so she didn't really have anywhere she could pass it unless she just hit it long and I just like sprinted in there and just kicked it in um and it was so loud it was awesome that was one of my favorite goals okay how uh I've seen all different things with strikers some just the celebration comes as the game's going. Some have it pre-planned. Some plan with teammates. What's your what's your go-to for the celebration? Um, normally, I just let it go into the game, and whatever happens, then that's what we'll do. Uh, I'm kind of known for jumping into people's arms, um, you know, because of my size, I can. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I think in that instance, I like sprinted to the uh, top of the box and met my teammates, jumped in their arms, and I was just like surrounded. It was pretty fun. I like that. That was that was always my go-to if I scored. Not as not so much as a defender, but on a header or something. Yeah. Although although I do really like when people take the two-foot tackle to the um, the corner flag. Yeah. That's always a classic. I I think I think that's pretty great. Uh, I'm going to have to, you know, if the opportunity arises, do something with the corner flag this year. I think that'd be fun. We'd, like, get a few people involved. It, you got to incorporate, you know, plan a couple things like that. It can yeah. it can be a real uh, crowd pleaser, you know. All right. Well, we'll do some brainstorming. You know, I remember in college one time we decided if someone scored, we were going to do rowing the boat. Yeah. And I'm not sure how my coach felt about it with, like, 12 of us sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but we did it anyways and then uh we felt so bad though because there was white shorts on like a real muddy field oh. we were like sorry to the the woman that has to do our laundry like we, yeah, we made it bad that day uh, yeah sometimes <laughs> i feel so bad for the for our equipment team they do such a great job but our jerseys are trashed after the games yeah and we we always will wear white shorts for ours so oh. it's uh it's not it's not good for the for having to clean those grass states. No. <laughs> um, 
All right, so another question uh, that we got is, uh, how has your faith played a role in your soccer career? Hmm, that's a great question. I would say it's been awesome to see um, kind of Christians all over the world preaching and believing in the same Jesus Christ. So when I went to Norway, I got involved in an awesome church and it was, it was smaller and they didn't really care what denomination you were. They were all just like, yeah, we're united in Christ. Like the rest isn't that important. Uh, and I got to be involved there. And obviously the sermons were in Norwegian, but <laughs> one of my friends would sit next to me and kind of like whisper the summary version to me. And it was awesome. In Iceland, they actually had a translator at the back and he just wore a little headset. Oh, and nice. so I got it tra translated. Yeah, it was great. In Australia, obviously they speak English. So, uh, and the church was like, I don't know, three blocks away from me. So I just like walked. It was awesome. Uh, and just kind of got involved and was able to be just encouraged all over the world and see God's people doing his work and, and hear about like the cool projects and ways that those churches are serving the Lord in ways that maybe a church in America isn't or couldn't be or isn't in that place. So they're not. I just think that was really encouraging for me and, and also kind of challenged me as well. Um, so yeah, I would say that and um, hopefully I'm doing my best every day to honor God and that's showing up on the field. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I like that. And uh, I think not, not that I disagree. I think that the uh, like seeing how churches in other countries operate is uh, very eye opening because I think, you know, you can take that even farther than just churches, just how things are done in the U.S. We kind of mm -hmm. live by this is the way to do it. This is the best way. This is the only way. Um, and the more you have the ability to see how different things are done in different countries, your 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 worldview is open to maybe there's another way. And maybe yeah. maybe you're thankful for how they do something in the U.S. Or maybe you're like, well, you know, this maybe isn't the only way and there might be a better way, in fact, out there. Yeah, exactly. Maybe we can learn from them. Yeah, yeah, that's something I think uh, a lot of us Americans could improve upon. Yes. Um, let's see. Your favorite uh, in your league, obviously, there's a lot of uh, women's national team players, a lot of big-name stars. Uh, who has been, have you ever, uh, like, the biggest to you moment of playing on the field with one of those stars? Which one would it be? Um. Good question. I think I would say I really enjoy playing with Rose Lavelle. I when you when you watch her on TV, you're kind of like, why did the defender do that? You know that she was going to make you. Like it was coming. It was inevitable. <laughs> but if um, truth be told, last year after she got back from the World Cup, I was training with her in practice, and that, that the ball was kind of like in between us, and I was like, yeah, I'll just get there before she will. And she got to it first and got around me. And I was just like, huh, so that's what, that's how she does it. Like, okay. <laughs> that so, explains yeah. it. Yeah, I'm like, all right, well, now I see why they always look so confused on the field. <laughs> yeah, I remember watching her uh, play with the national team against Sweden a mm -hmm. few years ago. Um, and she had just, was it maybe the year before, gotten out of Wisconsin. Um, so she was kind of newer on the scene and it was, she's quite impressive with her speed and dynamics that she brings to the field. So exactly. I, I think I probably would have, uh, if it was a 50, 50 with her, just gone into defensive cover right away and not try. Yeah. To it. 
Yeah, I don't blame you. And she's really fun to, to play with on the field in games and in training, too. It's just, it's fantastic. Uh, I always see she's posting about her love of dogs. Yes. Did you guys, you guys had dogs come to your, your practice last year, was that right? Um, yeah, plus we have the people that run the fields have dogs. So we get to see them all the time. She's constantly getting gifts from fans for her dog, which is fantastic, Wilma. Uh, but I think, I think I've, I've got some competition for her there. My host dog, uh, his name is Harry, and he's the best dog ever. I can send you a picture after, but uh, Absolutely. He's, he's the cutest. And he's like part pit, part hound, but like the nicest dog you'll ever meet. And uh, actually, we had a little photo shoot with him the other day because we don't have much else to do. So I'll send you some pictures. Absolutely. I love that. I love dogs. <laughs> so why not? Yeah. Um, final question for you. Uh, obviously, you guys aren't training as a team right now. And, you know, they have set days they think that you'll get back. But there's obviously a lot of uncertainty. How mentally, because obviously, I'm sure the physical part you're getting workouts from your team to do and all of that. But mm -hmm. I think the mental challenge from talking to players and seeing with my own players is it's hard to get ramped up kind of for a season when you don't know if it's actually that starting date or another date. So how mentally yeah. are you staying prepared? Yeah, good question. I think one of the ways that we've been trying to do that is have some Zoom calls with our teammates and kind of keep that interaction going. And our coaches actually initiated that. They said, hey, it'll be really good for you guys to just see each other, kind of be a little bit encouraged, and kind of keep that competitive and team unity going, that competitive nature. So I think that's been one way. But like you said, it's really hard just not knowing when exactly we're going to start. Because once you have a date, then you can kind of work towards that day. Mm -hmm. But that's all right. We're just going to keep getting ready, and uh, we'll be we'll be fit Lord willing and technically strong when that time comes and we'll get the team dynamics and the chemistry in those first few weeks. Yeah. How, uh, how do you think you're doing staying in shape game wise? Uh, I, I don't know what you guys there are able to do or not. It's a little bit tough just because, you know, we can't go train on fields and stuff, but thankfully I live uh, kind of out in the country so I can just go run on these roads or uh, on the trails near my house. So I feel like we're doing okay. But it's definitely there's going to be a transition period, I think for sure. I want I want every team to film their first session of Rondo back with oh. the team because I think you know everyone posts their highlight video of Rondo where they get 55 passes in a row. Yeah, and I just you know I think it'd be good to to show the world what Rondo looks like after whatever two months off of, of passes yeah. with the team. And that's. If fans want to reach out to you, is Instagram the best way? Instagram, yeah, is a great way to reach out to me. You can also find me on Twitter or on okay. Facebook. Okay, I will I will link your account if anyone has any questions. Um, otherwise, be sure, follow Crystal, follow the Washington Spirit once they get back to playing this year. Good luck this season. Um, Thank you. I, I now am putting the pressure on you if we do have a season to – come up with a creative goal celebration that I can see right. at some point. I'll That's see what that. I can do. The pressure's on. All right. Thank you, though, for today. All right. Thanks, Matt. Yep. Bye.